As I've shared before, I spent the year just after college living and working with local Christians in many parts of the world, from Central America to Asia, Russia to Africa. As I got to be a part of the daily lives of these faithful believers and heard their stories, I was so struck by how every part of the church around the world has unique gifts to give each other. We truly need each other to encourage, to challenge, to see God and His work more clearly. And at the same time, each of us also has unique blind spots too. So we also need each other to help notice things that our own subculture can miss. To receive these gifts, we must learn from and listen to our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. This grows and refines us even when we might see things a bit differently. That's one reason I felt it was such a privilege to get to talk with Maggie Gobron at the recent CAFO Summit. She's known to many as Mama Maggie of Cairo. Imagine an elderly Middle Eastern woman dressed all in simple flowing white. Beautiful eyes sparkle from her wrinkled face. Her voice is gentle, sometimes almost inaudible, so you have to lean in to hear what she has to say. She was raised in privilege in Egypt, got a PhD and became a professor. But God dramatically changed the direction of her life when she encountered him in scripture, and in children living in Cairo's garbage dumps. Mama Maggie has been faithfully serving those kids for decades now, surrounded by both physical need as well as waves of religious persecution. But she hasn't merely persevered. When we were together, it was so clear to me that her heart was full of love and childlike delight and gentleness, even when many things she encounters every day seem to point in the opposite direction. And when you see someone like that, you want to know what makes them tick. What can she teach me about following Jesus in really hard places? Welcome to Justice and the Inner Life, presented by the Christian Alliance for Orphans. We'll explore what it takes to sustain a heart of justice and mercy over a lifetime. Here's your host, Jed Medefit. I'm here with Maggie Gabron, known to countless children and many others around the world as Mama Maggie. Mama Maggie, welcome to Justice in the Inner Life. Thank you. Well, Mama Maggie, you are um, often referred to as the Mother Teresa of Cairo. You have been nominated for the Nobel Prize many times and you spend most of your days serving children in the garbage slums of Cairo, uh, and yet I know your life began in a very different way. Um, that you, although you, I know, face some persecution as a Christian in the Middle East, you also had a fairly affluent childhood, and you became a professor at the American University. So what, what changed the direction of your life so dramatically? I would like to thank everyone who is really uh, praying and help, trying to help someone who's in need because uh, uh, great reward will be waiting for all of you. So thank you, Jeb. And uh, do you know, we are not the ones who are choosing in many cases where to be born or uh, when to die, but we are choosing either to be uh, people with the mission, with meaning, with depth, or just let your life go without meaning, without purpose. And uh, as soon as I found children in need, I saw it with my eyes. I felt my inner eyes 
were open that uh, even uh, I loved God for many years and but I didn't take this step without his grace and uh, all of a sudden I felt I cannot go on doing what I'm doing I need to do something for them my eyes were open because of his grace and uh, if you think of Philippians 4, 8 think of all that is uh, good and pure and just and true and uh, in this you always think when you look at these children's eyes you can see Jesus' eyes looking at you and this is the, the miracle, the real miracle that uh, if we listen from inside he will do the change I didn't do anything on my own. I didn't sacrifice anything. I just feel he took me step by step. So it all goes to my God. It's all a gift. What has been the hardest part of this journey? Uh, you know, you, you have, in the world heads in a very different direction. They prioritize comfort and safety and, and things being easy. And you have headed in the opposite direction, into places of, of hurt and need. What do you feel like in that has, has weighed heavily upon you? Um, there is a good say that says uh, the one who's uh, intending to go into the ministry should be prepared for all challenges, all kinds of challenges. And that was exactly... Uh, what God uh, showed me that uh, it's not uh, a playtime, it's not a game, uh, it's not something uh, that I can go for a certain time and then uh, change my direction. Mm. It's a lifetime commitment. And as long as he is there, then I have the strength and the joy uh, to continue for whatever it takes. Are there particular habits that you have formed, practices that you have chosen over the years that you feel have been important in sustaining you along this journey? Yes. For those who knew me before uh, going to the poor, uh, they know how much I've changed from outside. But the reality that I have changed from inside, because uh, when I uh, was shocked from what I've seen, I came back home and started reading the Bible on a regular basis. So I don't think any, any human could make it without the Bible on a regular basis. It's like a habit that uh, goes before eating, before I take my breakfast or lunch or dinner. Did I give my spirit the chance to have the real meal with God because without that it can easily be worn out. Tell us a little bit about your practice of solitude. I know you've shared about that before as an important part of your life and I think a lot of people would think of that as something that's very separate from work like you do of justice and mercy that and so the idea of going into times of solitude, tell, tell us 
first of all, why why you see that as so important? I cannot say uh, how important it is for me and maybe for many of those who are going into the ministry. Because uh, when you listen to God, you need to take time away and say, I'm serious. I really love you. I want you to pour your love in me. Otherwise, I don't know how to love. And uh, so number one is to sit some time alone. No matter how busy you are. I know everyone is busy. But uh, this time will multiply your fruit. So if you want fruit, you go to a solitude to find some time alone with God. Because there you can take what you need. So I started to give a couple of hours every day. And then maybe a couple of days every week. And then it started to grow more and more. Spent like 40 days every year by myself. Because when you go through the Bible, you know that if you really want to have the life that God is choosing for you, give him the chance to speak clearly. Give him his Holy Spirit to work in you, to change you. How can you find out your own faults if you don't have silent time and review? How can you be ready for your enemy when he attacks you or make a, tra a trap for you? How can you um, have victory in life without taking the power from him? God is so good. God is so mighty. God is uh, so great. So if we do something without God, I don't think we will succeed. If we do anything with God, this is the real success. Tell us just a little bit about what you do while you're in these times away. Maybe maybe the going back in time, you know, when you were first starting and you came to love this time alone and maybe you'd spend one day or two days doing this. Because I think for many people it sounds strange and maybe even a little bit scary to be alone with yourself and God for you know, for even 24 hours. So how would you explain to them how to enter into that for the first time? Just compare it with eternity. Is it scary there? You, I'm going to stand alone in front of him. No one can say anything. So if I'm not getting used to this and looking at him and learning from him directly, how, where am I going eternity. How can I spend millions of years with him like that? So we just need to ask him, give us that strength, the time, and your Holy Spirit to teach us what is it to be with you. And then you find that you are really falling in love with him. You know and I know he is the only one who loved us in a way no human could afford to love us like him. So how we are created to be with God. And we are 
trying to do everything to be away from God. So it's not right. So always will have a vacancy in, in your heart, in your mind, in your life, until he will come and fill it. So just give him a chance to fill it. And when you are with him, take your Bible, because you talk and listen, you talk and listen. If you want to love him more, talk to him more. Get to know him more. So it's the time between you and your Bible and him. Amen. I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of towards the front end of the journey you're describing. That, you know, just in the maybe the last decade, I've begun to do time alone with the Lord. And, and it has at times felt scary because our lives are so full of activity. And it's, it's like you're almost... In the, especially in the West, but I imagine in Egypt too at times, you are a professor of computer science, right? The, the technology has invaded our lives. There's activity, there's noise. And so to suddenly be away from that can feel like you're going through withdrawals, like you've almost gone off of a drug that you were used to. Um, and yet I've also experienced what you're describing, that as the noise quiets, as the spinning slows down, that there is an experience in the presence of God that, that you simply can't find amidst the, the noise of daily life. Thank you for sharing that because uh, it is like a treasure for everyone. Everyone can start to think this way and take it. And you think, what am I losing, leaving my uh, technology away for a day? Uh, and at the beginning, it won't be easy. You won't have the full of joy. But when you keep uh, doing it it's like heaven is opening and you begin to feel the spirits around you you can see it doesn't need to be physically but it's with your heart and mind that you can see the angels who are spirits around the Lord and you can sing with them and you can praise him and you find many of the problems he took care of it because you honor him truly. Mama Maggie, do you feel like these practices that some of that you've mentioned with the, the time in scripture each day and in the presence of God each morning in prayer and, and these extended times in solitude, do you do you feel they're especially critical for people who are facing persecution um, in, in a place like the Middle East that I know some of your dear friends and, and others have, have faced so such significant things? Yes, when you think uh, from where you get the strength to accept all the injustice, all the tough time, all the, uh, the warfare of the enemy, I think uh, the enemy number one uh, challenge when a believer takes time away with his Bible and his God. He wants to stop this by any. And because he knew that this is how we can be more than a conqueror. We are in him. So any attack will come to him, not to me. Yes, I do have a heart. I do cry for the people who are suffering. But still, he is the one who's protecting everyone. He is in control. He knows what he's allowing. He's allowing all this tough time so that when we can grow, 
and become stronger in our faith. So we welcome the challenges now. It's tough, but mm. <laughs> but when he is there, we know he will do something about it. Mm. What what counsel would you give to someone who is just starting out in work of justice and mercy? They they want to continue it for a lifetime. This is not just a, you know something they want to do for a, a month or a year, but they want to persevere in it as you have for decades. What advice and counsel would you give them about habits or practices or things that are important for them to incorporate and include from the very start? When we were just starting, uh, a godly man told me one advice and he left. He said, don't ever give up. And that was true. If you are serious about it, if you are receiving it from the Lord, and you feel His grace is with you, don't ever think to change it for till the last breath in your life. I think this is very important because it's not like a, a short-time mission, like you go for a couple of weeks or a couple of years. It's your life, so it's worth all what you're going to invest in it. And... Uh, Keep the vision in front of you all the time. When you know that God will honor your commitment and you in heaven, you will see great uh, reward from his glory. You share his glory. Uh, I think uh, this worth why putting everything we can. Like uh, there are few steps. I think you can find it in every book here or everywhere you want, like uh, stick to to be at the top, uh, T for trust, trust God, trust him doing his work through you, trust your people, uh, and O for being organized, you have to be organized, every step, that's why if you are organized in your Bible reading and your quiet time, you guarantee the end that you will go till the end. And be P for positive, because positive means believing. There is, when there is a will, there is a way. Nothing is impossible. Even if I lose my own self, God will reward for that. So there are some steps that are clear, I think, to everyone who's taking it serious. Mm. The commitment is the most important in my understanding. And to enjoy being committed and renewing your commitment every day, it means you are something from inside, not only the results of the ministry. Mm. And, and Mama Maggie, what I very much appreciate about you is not just that you have persevered through these decades, but that your eyes still sparkle. And how, how does that happen? How does one go through all the things that you have gone through and your eyes still sparkle like that. I feel I didn't even begin because I read about people in, of faith who really went a long ways. And I pray that one day, like you have mentioned, because you're so humble, that I ask God to allow me to, to start loving him the way I should. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. 
Mama Maggie says she feels she's just beginning to love God the way that she would want to. So no wonder that so many of us at our very best feel the same. But what a gift to get this little glimpse of a life that seeks after Jesus in all she does, in scripture and solitude and silence and prayer, and also in serving amidst the noise and smells and hurt of Cairo's garbage dumps. Those commitments aren't opposite. They are intertwined. They depend on one another. As Mama Maggie's life shows, we can only pour ourselves out day after day when we go to God to be filled day after day. If we hope to go the distance, not burn up or flare out before we've run our full race, but continue to serve with bright eyes and light hearts like Mama Maggie does, that always has to come first. You've been listening to Justice and the Inner Life with Jed Medefint, a production of the Christian Alliance for Orphans. To learn more about the Alliance, visit kfo.org.